0: Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we share our own recent experiences from the dregs, thoughts on how the trade hubs interact with campaigns, and the latest rumors about layoffs at Artcraft Entertainment and the state of the game. Be sure and follow us on Twitter and Minds at Crowfall Pod. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I am
1: fantastic. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you. So, yeah, we recently were able to join the the new Dregs campaign that kicked off last week after the, the patch was delayed by a day and then came out the next day. And we were able to jump in and secure keep and yeah. then secure it again a few days later when the siege window opened back up.
1: Yeah, we we're a little unsure if we we're going to be able to hold that, but it looked like that we were able to mount the defense, and we had ballistas all over the wall. <laughs> and yeah, we we're able to hold that again. Oh, we also have a defense coming up here later tonight. A right. Second.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're recording this on Monday the sixth. To be clear. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, this was your first Dregs go. Well, it wasn't my first Dregs go. I played in the Dregs the first time that we played as well, and participated when we took the fort and got ourselves some points secured or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. I. I so, I guess I'll back up before I talk, talk about that specific event of that evening. I do want to just touch on the new mega campaigns are out where. Each zone is its own region and server and the amount. I mean, if you open the the world map, if you will, that shows all of the different zones and the dregs, it's pretty enormous. It's huge. Yeah, I was shocked at how big it was, uh, which I think is awesome, to be clear. I think it's really cool that there's that variety of zones. And on the one hand, you want you want the player bases to be concentrated so that people can find fights but it's also nice to not have it be, you know, if there was just like three zones and it's just a kill fest as soon as you spawn <laughs> in, that's yeah. not more fun, I don't think. so.
1: It seems like that there's more zones to do some gathering, potentially, away from the timered sieges and uh, the funneling of the fights.
0: Right, but because it's campaign-based, because it's all one large campaign, I, is what I mean to say, I guess, you still get you know, people still can go find those fights if they want at any time. And they're not, they're not hosed by the fact that they're not on the right server instance or whatever, like it was before the campaign instance, I guess you should say, like it was yeah. before. So, right, right. but yeah, really, really impressed by that and really think that that's going to be a feather in the cap of the game going forward. I mean, to open the campaign selection and see one drag one shadow there's two gods reach, but one's for the rest of the world. And then the others for Asia Pacific region.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that that's really huge. And, and, and even if later there are more campaigns available in those lists, but they're campaigns that have different rule sets, but it's still the back end is still this, this combined regions thing. Like, I think that makes the most sense. I mean, again, that's how it is in Albion. That's how it is in Eve. The whole, you know, again, at least most of the world playing in one instance, I think, makes the most sense.
1: Yeah, and it definitely makes it easier for a new player to come in to look at the server selections and kind of understand more of what's going on. I remember when we first started, I don't know what's happening.
0: There's so many choices. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was fun. So as far as, as the night went, uh, where we were sieging, like, yeah, that was fun. And it was... Actually, I guess we weren't sieging, we were defending. It was fun to go out there. It was fun to see the volume of people that we had and the level of organization that was that was really present. Mm-hmm. I will say... So I also play on a potato. I say also, you no longer do, as we talked about recently. Yeah. But I also play on a potato, but I've not seen... Some of the same problems that you had like i don't have frame rates drop to nothing Mm, what were you running at i mean you know somewhere in the in the 40s or 50s is where it usually is anytime i look okay so it's not perfect but it's not crawling right yeah yeah i don't get logged out at random so i thought like you know i don't know what the difference is but it's workable for me it seems well that's good well yeah it's because the symptom for my potato is different than what you had is actually what <laughs> the truth is. Oh, <laughs> so for me, I didn't get the slowdown, but the reason I didn't get the slowdown is because it just doesn't draw like a group of 50 players together. Mm, so when I you're see. out in the field, the way that people spot incoming players, as they see, they, they look for particle effects, right? Mm-hmm. because, there will be latency of particle effects showing up even before you can see the players sometimes. Yeah. Well, I would go out with our group and see the particle effects. They'd be like, oh, out to the north, there's particle effects. There's a group of them. And I wouldn't see anybody. And then at one point, I ran really close to a group of about 50 players in another guild who it turned out had agreed to to kind of have a ceasefire with us at that time. So they didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, they just didn't draw in for quite a while. And then they did briefly and then they were empty again. So I think it's actually maybe worse than low frame rate because I actually just don't know that there's enemy players. <laughs> How close did you get? Like right up on them before they appeared? Pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Now, like when we were actually fighting in the keep, then I could see the enemy players and then it, it, it did work. So it wasn't like they were... I never saw an enemy or something, but Mm -hmm. yeah, out in the field when they're running around fast and and whatever, yeah, just not drawing them in, so really made it difficult to do a good job of scouting, which was my assigned (laughs) role as a scelter that I was playing, because yeah, I can't see other players. (laughs) (laughs) The blind scout, I should change your name. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get rid of my current name and switch it to the Blind Scout, <laughs> Mister Magoo. Magoo will be my name for now on. That's good. That would be great. We um, might have to get a new computer now. Looks like. I know. Well, I mean, I know. I do. I mean, I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's just a. Yeah, it's a whole thing. If people want to start sending us money for the podcast, <laughs> then I can. Then it's a business expense because I need it for the show to keep doing the. You know. The there you show go. go. There you go. So far, donations. Yeah, so far not a lot of donations coming in. Uh, (laughs) We also don't have a method for anyone to donate to us, so even if they wanted to, but I'll wait for the outpouring of requests before I (laughs) worry about that.
1: But yeah, it was was a good time. We did get a little bit of assistance from a a bigger top-tier guild to kind of run some interference on some potential enemies that were looking to siege our keep. And after we had secured our key, did a little PvP against the top-tier guild that was helping us. So it was kind of an interesting night, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, so, you know, we were talking ahead of the show, and, and we don't really want to drop names or anything just because we we don't participate in the game and constantly make people uh, aware that we also do a podcast or whatever. So who knows what people want out there, and that's all fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I think so. To me, this is actually part of the game that then is really interesting. Like how the game plays mechanically obviously matters, but the story, like the story of our night, that is like that is what is interesting because that's not actually something that's a game mechanic. Like the way that that all played out is a negotiation between real people. Yeah. If you look at Eve Online. Eve online has done a great job throughout the years of putting out as news stories coverage on fights and, and wars that have gone on. And now it's not just Eve. A lot of times it's the player base that's, that's doing that. But, but the reason it's interesting is not because they don't report on how much damage the capital ship did to the other capital ship, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's the political manifestations of how this stuff comes about. That's interesting. So, I, I just want to describe it in a little bit more detail so people understand what we're talking about again, without naming names or anything like that, but just because to me this is the like this is the good stuff, right? This is where it gets interesting. yeah, um so and we don't have to even go into specifics about where people are rated, but there's there's a a, a guild that's rated higher than we are
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we have a keep. They already have their own holdings, right. There's another guild that is also higher rated than us. We'll call them Guild B. <laughs> <So> <laughs> G- guild, a is, guild A is, yeah, Guild A is highest rated. Not, and I don't mean highest in the whole thing, but they're yeah. one of the higher rated guilds. Guild B is is competing with them. Neither of them are really competing with us. Maybe is the easiest way to say it. Right. So Guild B is going to want to take our stuff because we're just an insect to them, and why not? Mm -hmm. guild a also sees us as an insect however it's to their advantage to not let guild b take our stuff because it makes guild b stronger which then is a greater threat to guild a right right right. so we get oh sorry go ahead no
1: no i mean that that's yeah the overall idea they it benefits them to you know keep guild b from taking our keep also potentially us with a keep could benefit one of the bigger guilds, and Guild A, I think, sees that.
0: Well, and, and and that's the and the other. So then the other thing that's that's interesting about that, I guess, is just because you're really seeing them using us as a pawn <laughs> to their <laughs> own ends. Yeah, right? and we're fine with being the pawn. I mean, we could be the pawn all day. We're just trying to get we're just trying to get dregs points, folks. You know what I mean? We're just trying to get dregs points. Yeah. The pawn it can be a very, you know, valuable piece on the board. It can be. It can be. But yeah, so it was it was really cool because I had no idea to expect any of that. Like that night, I knew what time the siege was. I had logged my character out in the keep earlier in the day and I was gone actually from the house and came back maybe thirty minutes before the siege window opened, got logged in, and so I'm expecting a fight. I mean, that's what well, I think most of us were expecting that they weren't in the know. And then, yeah, like right as the siege window opens, Guild A shows up and is not hostile towards us, mm-hmm. which was very surprising for everyone. So, oh, go ahead. Well, that, yeah,
1: that information was kept within just a few people mm-hmm. because we really weren't 100% sure how that would turn out. It was kind of like well we need to cover all of all of the angles so right we started communicating with other guilds and seeing what was possible and we weren't even sure if they were going to show up and they did show up and most people were not aware of that and started shooting <laughs> shooting them with the ballistas right <laughs> and we were like well wait, wait hold on hold on but yeah it turned out that they were there to to be on our side for the moment.
0: Yeah, which is which is interesting because it's not actually supported in the game because we're not actually allies. So they're all red to us, which is why people are able to shoot them and whatever, right? So yeah. if a fight would have actually happened, we can't actually fight side by side with them mm-hmm. because they would be enemies still. Yeah. Um, I almost well, some- kind of or- almost kind of think that
1: maybe there could be a mechanic where you could Uh, have a non-aggression pact with another guild Like, even though they weren't in your specific alliance, you could flag them as a non-aggression and then maybe it would put them on a way that you wouldn't be able to attack each other or something maybe.
0: Yeah, but I think that kind of I mean, I don't know what the benefit of the alliance, I mean, I guess you have a combined chat window in the game if you're in an alliance, but otherwise, the non-aggression is kind of the entire benefit of the alliance.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly how the rewards work, but I've seen people talking about sharing of the rewards based on who is leading the alliance. So those points or those rewards being trickled down to other guilds and
0: allies. Gotcha. I don't
1: know if that's going to be a manual thing when they claim their rewards or if that's built into the the system.
0: Yeah, I mean I feel like I read a post that just said that all guilds will get the same rewards as the alliance leader. Okay. But,
1: well, there you go. Yeah, so yeah. if they were to place really high, then we would also get those high ranking rewards.
0: Right. I guess you know, I guess my where I'm trying to what I'm trying to talk about though is is this idea of making a non-aggression pact, it kind of subverts the idea of limiting the mega alliances. Mm. Because that's the whole point of it is Mm -hmm. of the 500 player limit and all of that is that you don't want the top four guilds having a non-aggression pack or top four alliances Mm -hmm. because now what are we really doing? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. At the same time, it's like, well, how much micromanaging of the politics do you want to place in there? You know, there's... If they want to ally with each other, there's really nothing stopping them other than being in the same alliance. They don't have to be in the same alliance. They can just agree not to attack each other already.
0: Right. But they again, they can't fight side by side if they're not in the alliance. True. And that matters. I mean, that is the that is the difference maker because now they can't both show up at a keep and fight each other or, or fight with each other. They can't show up at a keep and help defend it if they're not allied right. from the inside. At least, right, right. Obviously, there are ways to kind of nickel and dime it, which is what we were the beneficiaries of. Right, we're not really in the alliance with the Guild A. We, we just had this kind of ad hoc version of it, which again only works if they fight in a in a field that we're not in. Because if we go stand in that field now, it's just a melee between everyone. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, and I don't know, I don't know how accurate this is, but someone else brought up the point that you know the keeps are not cheap to upgrade, and that. This, this other guild, Guild A, that was helping us, that their keeps that they already had were not fully upgraded. And so... Because then the question is, well, why wouldn't they just hold the keep themselves? Like, why let us keep it? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they could just get the points themselves. But then the point was brought up again that, well, because it's expensive to do so, and it's just more for them to manage. And that one keep, probably, they don't need in order to maintain, you know, whatever advantage they have. So so let us run with <laughs> with the cost of it. Because the, the goal isn't that they have to own every piece of territory available in the game.
1: Right? right. I mean, it's so many resources to upgrade. It would be, even for a large guild, to have several keeps to upgrade would just be a lot to manage and a lot of resources to funnel.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. So, I, I, and the reason I wanted to talk about all that is because as far as PvP goes for that, for that portion of the evening, there was none. I mean, we didn't fight anyone. <laughs> the Guild A showed up, hung out for a while, eventually the those bane trees, or whatever they called, spawned, and we killed those, mm-hmm. and the siege window was over in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, secured the keep,
1: and after that, we had some PvP with them over yes. the forts.
0: Yeah, so there's another fort that was owned by Guild B, who... <laughs> 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 So we went and took it, and then, yeah, Gilday showed up and took it back from us. And and we did fight back and forth a little bit. Yeah. The first fuck, I think there was maybe one or two fights where Gilday came and and fought us for that fort, and we kind of held our own, and then they eventually came back, and it was,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, that first stand on the fort, we we pushed them out. Right. Um, It was a, a really nice stand, and one of our guys in our guild actually got off a five-man res toward the Mm -hmm. end to push the momentum because it was just like back and forth there and we're like oh no i don't know if we're gonna make it and then he gets off the res five people pop up and we are able to push him out it was really good yeah it was nice to be able to fight a top tier guild and not just get stomped in a couple minutes
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely, it was cool. It was, it was a cool experience for me to see the, the dregs and just the political machinations of everything that was going on. So I'm curious, I mean, from your perspective is as one of the leaders in our Alliance and, and of our guild, like, was it Was there a lot of communication ahead of that going into it? Did it kind of all unfold in real time? Like, what was your experience like? There was
1: quite a bit of talking in our Council Alliance chat about what we wanted to do as far as the, Mm -hmm. the defense. And then we were bringing up ideas of potentially getting some mercenaries or reaching out to other guilds. I'm not necessarily a fan of hiring mercenaries, but it could be beneficial. I, I was kind of more on the side of trying to secure something more of ally that you know that would help us more without the, <laughs> just getting paid for it. But
0: well, and again, the problem with the mercenary is if they don't actually join your alliance, then you're not actually friendly. Right? Like yeah. per the game rules, you're, they're going to show up as a red name. So
1: yeah, yeah
0: it's also weirder because you can't you can't see them fighting in the castle with you kind of thing like they're going to have to be fighting away from you <laughs> so that you're not fighting each other mm. and then how do you know that what happened was supposed to happen yeah you know I mean? exactly it seems
1: like if you wanted to do mercenaries you would have to leave a spot in your alliance open that could you could bring in mercenary guilds to take that last
0: spot in the alliance or something yeah. Maybe. Hmm. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was cool and, and I'm like I said, I'm really excited by the, the the single campaign instance. I think that's gonna make the whole Dregs experience just a lot more interesting in general. And I think it kind of leads us, and obviously if you want to talk about that more, we certainly can, but I think it, it does lead us to another conversation we were gonna have, which is just and it's a conversation we've had, I feel like maybe every week for the last month. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just this constant conversation about the market in the game. Yeah. And when, when we were mostly running around on God's reach, the trade hub makes some sense or not the trade hub, but the, the trade EKS Mm -hmm. kind of make sense because you can bounce back and forth. But again, God's reach isn't really where the game is played. That's not the end game. Yeah. Yeah. And so with the dregs, you go and and you can only take so much into the dregs with you. Mm -hmm. Which again is, as I've said over and over, is a huge part of why I'm attracted to Crowfall in the first place is the fact that it is campaigns that start over and you're not able to take enormous wealth into the campaigns with you. But because you're locked, because you have a certain amount of items, you don't actually have the ability to go back out to the marketplace of the EKs once you're in the dregs.
1: Yeah, once you're in the dregs, there's a free trade city where people can put up benders. So you're looking to buy things or craft things within the campaign. And I think that was probably the hardest thing to wrap my head around was how much the game actually restarts when you enter a campaign all the progression that you're doing up until that point is, is kind of like well what am i what do i want to have when i start a new campaign so yeah leveling up your gathering discs or a specific crafting disc it's all geared towards, well, when I enter this new campaign, I'm gonna have this foundational setup.
0: Well, and and, and I think even more so, especially things that don't deteriorate. Right. So your disciplines and not just crafting disciplines, major and minor disciplines also can be leveled up. Uh Right. Right. And then and then things like your toolkit, Mm -hmm. like your crafting, like your gathering toolkit or your your crafting tool belt, whatever that's called. Yeah. Uh, Those things that aren't going to vanish over time are really the 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 big things that you're taking. Because even if you have the most awesome set of gear, like armor and weapons, mm-hmm. if you play for a month in the dregs, even if you never die, you're going to lose it because over time it's just going to break. Right. So, so, yeah, you're absolutely right that what you take into the dregs, and really I think the permanent things that you take into the dregs are really the the pinnacle of the value that you're taking in with you.
1: Right, right. I mean, you could spend a lot of time making that awesome set of armor and weapons, but like you said, it's not. that's not
0: the permanent part. Right. Yeah, well, or vessels, right? Mm-hmm. Getting your vessel, having a better, better, higher level vessels, that kind of stuff. All of that, I think, probably factors in more. So you're right. It is an interesting problem, and it does make the trade decay... Not unviable, but it definitely at most it definitely
1: limits the the market for the trade ek. I think.
0: Well, and then even again, because of all the limitations we've talked about previously, the fact that it's not centralized, the fact that it's not searchable, so you're really just having to go to an ek and hunt around forever and see if they have something you want. Mm-hmm and again it's not like you could be like okay well i did that and it took me a few hours but i've got 10 sets of gear on standby now so i'm ready to just go to the dregs and roll like it doesn't work that way
1: right because you're not you're not going to be able to take in the 10 sets of gear based on the, the token limitations right um,
0: but the token limitations are necessary in order to make the purpose of the restarting campaign exist. Because mm-hmm. if there's not token limitations, then why are we starting over? Exactly. Exactly. I'm not
1: necessarily bothered by the token limitations. I think that's fine for campaign restarting. I would like to see more value
0: for the the market in the trade EKs. Yeah. I mean to some extent maybe the trade EK isn't maybe their intent isn't to have Trade City EKs Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. maybe it's more designed maybe the thought is more that if it is an EK that's going to have traders that it's used like for a guild or an alliance Mm -hmm. when they're not in the dregs to easily trade items around
1: yeah that's kind of like what our EK is mostly I mean we get traffic from other places just because we have trade in our name and various people show up but a lot of the exchanging of items is within the guild and alliance, I think. Mm-hmm. But probably the best thing to sell is going to be discs or something that's more permanent. The,
0: the problem. Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, just because, you know, if you're selling the starter equipment or armor, even high quality stuff, you're still only. Selling maybe one set to one
0: person, right? The, the The challenge, though, with selling discs is that eventually everyone has them. True, right? true. That's another like, thing. Yeah. So, so then to a point, it's like, well, like when selling something, the easiest thing to sell is something that you can sell over and over and over again. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Gear so would be, you would think on on paper, well, that's the best thing to sell because there's always a need for it right but given the limitations of the dregs yeah i don't know how you i don't know how you do that and yeah i mean i obviously the free cities is the solution you go there there's vendors there and that's where you you buy and sell it but
1: within the campaign um, right but yeah with the gear breaking everyone's gonna need gear i don't know what i was thinking was that faction versus faction would be somehow combined with the starter campaigns almost like the pvp that you get to towards the end of the starter campaign if it was combined there would be some sort of overall pvp happening that meant something so that would give more value to the vendor equipment that was happening in the e you could not have tokens for the faction versus faction part of it.
0: Yeah, but that already does exist on God's Reach. It already is Earth and Moon and Sun. It
1: already is faction versus faction. Right, but the overall conflict of it doesn't have much meaning. But if you could, you could play up that meaning of it and give it more, more incentive, more... Uh, for people to participate in it. And then maybe that could drive
0: the camp equipment sales. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I think that, I mean, I think the reason that the shadow is a separate item is because it does make it its own campaign mm-hmm. where it does restrict again, people from just amassing wealth and then dominating it. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause again, what we run into, what you don't want to create is arc.
1: <laughs>
0: true. Right. True where there's where there's these mega-established tribes that have accumulated so much resources for so long that they're insurmountable. They're, where it doesn't matter if you fought them and won for three weeks straight, you still would not have depleted the resources that they've accumulated over time mm. because there's no limitation on their access to that. Yeah, And that's what the campaign and the limitations on what you can have in the campaign solves. True, true.
1: I was just trying to think of a solution that would allow people to buy more equipment from the EK vendors.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you, I, and I don't mean to sound like argumentative. No, or no. Me. I just, I don't, I don't like. I, I get it on the, and so this, you know, and this all ties into the other thing we were going to talk about, which is, you know, there's rumors here recently about there being some layoffs this in the last week or so at Artcraft Entertainment, mm-hmm. the game. As we've talked about over and over, wasn't even marketed in the first month or so that it was out, which I personally actually thought was there was some wisdom to. Yeah, the game's player base is not enormous. The game has not gotten a lot of great coverage and press. You know that Lazy Peon review has been seen a lot. And and to be fair, though, it's not like he's the only one that had something negative to say about it. Mm And I think where it kind of goes to is 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 what we're talking about with all this stuff here, right? Like, there are so many cool ideas about this game, <clears throat> but there's also so many things. I don't want to say that don't make sense, because it's not really that it doesn't make sense, but just that it's not clear how you're supposed to participate or compete, mm. right? Okay. So, for example, like with the market, this it was like, well, how do I make money? Well, go farm war camps. Yeah. Well, in Arboreum, they're they're low level, and it, it's in God's region. If I'm in the Dregs, then I'm going to go farm them there. Well, there's not a ton of them, and it's really high risk.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, then sell stuff on a vendor. Great. I'll sell stuff on a vendor. Well, you can't sell stuff on a vendor on the EK because anyone who is playing on a regular basis is probably in the dregs, and they can't get out to the EK, right? So what do you do? (laughs) Well, do you do it in the free cities? Okay? What if it's not easy for me to get there? Why do I have a trade hub in the EK? Mm -hmm. Why are there vendors in the EK if there's no point in selling anything on the EK? Right? Right? Yeah. So I, I don't you know I don't know I, I I think that I think that that I think that's a, a definite point of confusion is is just how to participate in the economy when the entire game is based off of an economy uh-huh. it, it's it's leading to a situation where you need to buy you need players to go out and harvest things and craft things and provide things mm-hmm. but it's really hard to do that outside of a guild
1: yeah. That is true as well. Well, even with a guild, though, I mean, it still can be difficult, especially going into a a new campaign and starting fresh. I mean, you still have to buy a vendor for the free city. You still have to get all those resources to start making stuff
0: in the campaign. Right. But with a guild, at least, you can have some structure or organization to like, okay, we'll... Tom and Bob make woodworking and Sally and Jill are doing leatherworking. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there can at least be an idea of who is going to be responsible for what and where to get it. Whereas what a market does is it solves that because if there's a market and I don't know Jill and Sally, cause I'm not in their guild, but I need some leather. I don't have to go to them who I don't know. Instead I can go to a vendor where, Jill and Sally are putting their wares up for sale, and I can buy it now. Yeah, right, right. right. And without there being an easy system for that, because the thing is, is like, okay, go to the Free City <laughs> as a newer player. How? <laughs> Where is it at? Right? Yeah,
1: you gotta go into the Dregs first,
0: and then right, and then from the Earth Temple, leave and go out out somewhere. Look at the world map and find it, and then survive running through zones to ultimately arrive there Mm -hmm. and that's fine but again it's 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 hard it's cumbersome it's tedious Mm -hmm. if you're not in a guild that can protect you and that can create a path for you to get there easily it might be hard to get there and again the market really benefits players who aren't part of an organization that can provide if you're a part of you know one of the bigger guilds in the game they probably don't need the market because the guild can provide everything they need within its own organization.
1: True, right? true. So it seems like that the market is more for exchanging items within your group of players, potentially more so.
0: Well, and in the free city, it's not because the free city it's for everyone. But again, the people who benefit from the mo- market the most are going to be the smaller people, and they can't—they are have the hardest time getting there.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, for
0: sure. Or participating in it.
1: And understanding how it works. I mean, you could go around and go to all the EKs and look at all the vendors and stuff. But in the end, you're still only bringing in one set of armor, some weapons, and then you're just in the campaign and that's it. You're going to have to find Mm -hmm. some other way of
0: getting stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the thing is, is that the game is... Crowfall has so... And the, the reason I tie this to layoffs is because layoffs obviously would be tied to the fact that the game is not thriving and booming. And as an, a longtime MMO player, and even I, obviously, I mean, last week our episode is called Confusion is My Mistress. <laughs> I don't understand a lot about Crowfall and I'm not coming into it as someone who doesn't know how these games work usually, right? Yeah. But Crowfall is very, very... Unique. I mean, like we talked about the disciplines are kind of your progression, whether that be crafting or your major and minor disciplines. That's really your character progression. That's not obvious, though. The game doesn't explicitly explain to you like, look, the leveling doesn't really matter because it's so short. What really matters is these getting these things leveled up to blue and purple and orange, getting your vessel leveled up. That's really the end game. And so the game is just kind of confusing for a newer player. It's not clear where to go. It's not clear how to get stuff.
1: Yeah, the as far as being a new player, it, I can see people starting it and giving it some time, but then maybe just getting confused and not wanting to play because it's just not obvious what they need to do.
0: Well, and, and there's also just not a lot of there's not a lot of ways to learn the game. So, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I don't know, but in one episode we talked about some changes that they had come out with where there was like, if you remember, there was like a way that you could basically make an opponent's armor irrelevant, right? You could basically break their armor to zero. Uh-huh. And there was a way that players could stack damage mitigation buffs. Well, so, if a group of players understands that math, and they fight a group of players who doesn't understand that math, mm-hmm. but otherwise is is competent equivalently, the people who understand those mechanics are going to absolutely mop the floor with the new people, right? Yeah. Well, in a lot of games, the way that that kind of gets addressed, I mean, ultimately, if you know, then you know, and if you don't, you don't, and the people who are more ignorant are always going to suffer. But like in Dark Age of Camelot, for example, there's a ton of mechanics at the end game that if you know, then you are going to win more than if you don't. Mm -hmm. So that's not unique to Crowfall. But in Dark Age, there's battlegrounds starting at a very early level in the game when people don't have as many abilities and people don't have epic gear sets and people don't have in that game high level realm ranks, right? People don't generally have buff bots. I mean, Eventually we did, but (laughs) it wasn't common. And so what it does is allows people to practice the game and play the game and learn how fights can go. But in Crowfall, it's like, yeah, there's not really very many people to fight with until you go to the dregs. And then you run into a guild that understands all this math and that understands how the game works on this really high level. And there's not really a lot of room to, to get to that point. Yeah. I wonder Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I I wonder if that could be something Crowfall could benefit from is having some type of battleground situation. Uh,
0: I think that's what they think that Skypoint is, and I think to a lesser extent, or maybe a greater extent, I don't know, but that's what the shadow is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Is those are supposed to be the stepping stones for the dregs. The problem is is the progression system is so fast that Why would anyone be in Skypoint for any amount of time? Why would anyone go to the Shadow for any real amount of time?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're a part of a guild that wants to go into the dregs, you're just in in the
0: dregs, like, right away. Right. And in a game like Dark Age, the reason that you went to the battleground at level 20 to 25 is because you were level 20 to 25 for several weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you just can't level that fast. Yeah. So you if you wanted to PvP while you're leveling, that was what you had to do. But it didn't matter if you button down and just only focus on leveling. It's just gonna take a long time. Now to be clear, I don't think that having a really long grind to get to the end game is a better answer, mm-hmm. but it does provide a space for people to learn the game. And in Crowfall, because it's so quickly to the the supposed end game, mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of place to, to learn as a new player. And and veteran players have no reason to be incentivized to help newer players, again, in, in the non-dregs content. Because why would they?
1: Yeah, because once you're in the dregs, I mean, that's the best rewards. You're kind of just focused on that aspect of the
0: game. Well, and I mean, the night we had the other night that we just talked about where there's all this political intrigue, and I mean, literally an army shows up outside of our of our keep, and then they end up not fighting us, mm-hmm. only then for a little bit later for us to run out and take a fort, and then the army that had been <laughs> ceasefire with us now attacks us, and like, that's way more fun than any storyline that happens in Skypoint. Oh, yeah. so. Yeah. So even outside of the reward structures as an incentive, just the game that's available is a lot more fun there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's hard to ask someone to go back to something that's not as engaging, even if the rewards were there.
1: Yeah, it's like well, why would we even go back to run around and Skypoint or really Faction versus Faction? If you're in the dregs and even somewhat successful, it really isn't a reason to go back and you know to participate in all of the other stuff
0: right right so I you know I don't know I don't know what the obviously I mean we threw our 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 hat in the ring if you will when it comes to crowfall we started a podcast before the game launched mm-hmm. we both subbed for a year at launch. yeah we both believe in the idea of crowfall a lot mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of really good game there. I do think that the way things are set up right now, it's going to be very challenging to grow the player base to to something way more significant than what we see currently because I just don't know how you introduce people to it. I mean, I've even had friends who are PvP MMO players Mm -hmm. that are, are like, I'm just not sure what I'm doing here, you know, cause they can't log in and go get in a fight. Yeah. That's, that's reasonable. I mean, obviously they could log in if they have a character at 30, go to the dregs and get killed instantly, mm-hmm. but <laughs> to, to actually get in and participate, there's just not really a method for that. Well, also
1: something that we talked about recently was how much attention it takes to participate in dregs you kind of have to just be okay with that constant competing. I mean, keeps go up for siege every three days. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to participate in keeps, own a keep, I mean, every three days you're looking to defend that or siege something. That's pretty active.
0: Yeah, It's a lot of PvP. It is. It is, and and it's it, again. The thing is, is that like I don't have all of the answers, mm-hmm. so I almost I hesitate to sound critical because I really believe in what they're trying to do, and I understand at least I think I understand the decisions they've made. I've not sat and talked with the developers at Artcraft for forever, yeah. so I don't know what their thinking is really. But the thing is, is like okay, well, in a lot of games you're right. The PVP is nonstop intense, right? And in a game like Ark, even yeah, there's a lot of PVP risk all the time, but there's also a lot of time where you really can just kind of go off on your own and run around, you know, yeah. Ark's a very different game. So it's, it's not fair to compare it one to one like that. But in, in crow you're kind of either in the dregs where it's always pretty high risk mm-hmm. or, or what are you doing?
1: Right, and I was uh, kind of commenting on some of the people that we know that have tried the game, where in other MMOs, you might be able to log in and join a battleground and have PvP for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, and then you got your fix, and now you're out doing something else, gathering resources. or But when you're in the dregs, it's, there's always the threat of PvP where you have to constantly be aware and might have to organize something on a bigger scale. If you need to defend something.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that the mega server helps or mega campaign helps with that because it makes there be enough zones. Kind of like we talked about the very beginning that maybe it spreads that out. So, yeah, I I think so. I think so. I, so I think that helps with it. And I mean, to be fair, the same thing is true in Eve online. The same thing is true in Albion online, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and that is to some extent that is what an open world sandbox it's not technically full loot but close to full loot pvp game is is there is always risk and danger right that's kind of part of the experience that that these games offer is, is this constant tension yeah. it just feels like in crowfall there's not enough there's not a lot to do that doesn't just directly involve that all of the time and i don't and i don't know um, and maybe that maybe that's just means I'm not the right type of player or something. I, I you know, because I like to just run around and go explore the world sometimes <laughs> and not be afraid. Yeah, it's
1: like uh, like you're queuing up to do StarCraft two tournament, or you know, uh,
0: <laughs> just gonna
1: hardcore and compete for eight hours. I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting game and. I I do really like it. Like you said, though, it's maybe maybe I'm personally not the right player for it because I don't have that. I need to compete 24-7 because that's in the dregs that you're definitely competing a lot,
0: a lot. Right, right, yeah. Well, and it's like, okay, so if they made safe zone, content right or pve content that where you were you could go farm or something well then it subverts the whole point of of the the player driven economy and that everything is being fought and won for you know what i mean because <laughs> now people just go do that they just go where it's safe and farm and then come back and they're and they have stuff and they they didn't have to be at risk for it so I, again i get it you know eve online doesn't provide an area where you can't be attacked yeah yeah, It provides areas where if you get attacked, there's severe penalties for the people attacking you, but mm-hmm. it still doesn't make it where it's perfectly safe.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the, the solution would be. It seems like that there needs to be a little bit more help or focus on new people trying out the game, if want to grow the player base.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I Again, I don't know what the answer is either, but something where honestly just something where you can practice fighting like i don't know i don't know what other classes are doing most of the time yeah right like like if i see someone cast the three fire tornadoes i know that's an inquisitor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, that's if someone has a bow they're probably a ranger you know what i mean like if they've got two pistols it's a duelist yeah but beyond that there's there's so much variety and then when you get into the major and minor disciplines there's just a ton of variety in what a person could be doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't have almost any experience with small scale fights because most of the fights that I get into, not that they're all the big 50 person thing where I can't even see the internet, <laughs> but even if it's eight on eight or something, there's just a lot going on and it's hard to parse out exactly what happened. And there's just not a lot of ways to fight little fights over and over to get that practice and learn yeah which is what something like a battleground does mm-hmm. is it provides smaller structured environments to see how things go you know yeah
1: maybe that is the hunger dome
0: yeah i i read an i read an interview with gordon walton from artcraft entertainment and he was talking about the hunger dome they asked him about it specifically so i guess what the hunger dome is is it's 12 teams of 5 join in a tournament style scenario and then duke it out for the last team standing. Okay. They're looking at making that something that you can put in the EK. Oh. To do like like to have like battle arena time in the EK. Okay. But they said that right now their focus is on the mega campaigns and getting all that right and getting the big scale PVP right. Mm-hmm. And once they feel more confident there, then they'll shift their focus to things like Hunger Dome. So, yeah, I don't know when that comes or not either. The, the thing is, is that it needs to whatever the solution is, it needs to be something where new players are funneled into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or where, honestly, if you're not in a guild that's in the top 15 in the dregs, then it needs to be pushing you there because if you're not in the competing in the dregs then you probably don't know what you're doing and those are the people that the game needs to save the, the guys in in the top guilds they don't need to be saved <laughs> they get it yeah, you they, know what I mean they figured it out <laughs> yeah they're in a system that that is offering them what they're looking for which is awesome how how can the game help pe- more people get to that status mm. without just having to join the already existing mega guild. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, hopefully we can f- find some sort of way. I think we've done fairly well with making our own guild and kind of getting into the dregs and, but it, it's involved having other guilds in our Alliance, you know, and uh, helping.
0: Well, and it's taken, I mean, frankly, it's taken that you personally have been committed to it and interested in doing it the whole time. But like you said, our other friends that have tried this with us mm-hmm. that have already left again, yeah, they weren't willing to do all that. Right. right. So how do how do those people that don't have your level of interest going into it, who didn't start a podcast with <laughs> <laughs> before the game was even played by us, yeah. how how do how do we get them to stay engaged and stay active because the truth is is the pvp when i have done smaller fights the pvp is fun Mm -hmm. it's it's good and it's cool that you see the variety of builds and you don't know oh that's a mage so that means he does spell one two and three it's awesome that that's all true but like the people that i know that have played that are that like pvp they didn't get in any meaningful fights at all so they don't see the game what the game has to offer right they don't they just don't understand how can the game introduce its best parts to players earlier even if it's going to take a grind even if it is a lot of organization to get into and compete in the dregs at a high level how do you at least introduce them so that they're chasing that right like in camelot the battlegrounds are not that great Mm -hmm. but it gave us a taste of what was going to come in rvr at level fifty, yeah. When we got there, right? right, right. So, i i think I think there's there's an answer. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I think that ArtCraft, you know, if they're doing layoffs, if that does end up getting confirmed and, and whatever, I mean, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, that's not a sign that the game is dying hopefully. so soon. But I mean, all we can do is keep playing, keep supporting it, keep talking about it, and. You know, fingers crossed. I mean, most MMOs fail. That's um, true. That's true. So if it does, then hey, you know, it add it to the pile. But I really do think that they have unique ideas and and frankly, just a, a lot of good things that could make this into something special.
1: I do too, and we'll see what next week brings us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we shall. Anything else you wanted to touch on today? I think that covered cover it for this time. Well, that's all for the show today. You can follow us on Twitter and mine's at CrowfallPod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley, where we talk about why gaming matters. You can find The Walk Show and Pick Up Your Sticks on any podcast app. Thanks so much for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.